0: Okay. Cool. We're live. We're good. All right. So there's a lot to get into this week. And I think this episode could actually kind of set the tone for what we end up doing on the podcast on a week to week basis. Um, you know, I'm going to take a look back at, at a few games, uh, a couple of players that stood out to me in, in the games that I watched uh, from the past week and weekend. Uh, I'm going to update my top 10 rankings for you live uh, here on the podcast. Uh, plus it's kind of a special week i think you know even aside from thanksgiving and the holidays and family and all that thanksgiving eve has kind of become an unspoken rivalry wednesday in michigan high school hockey so we're going to we're going to run down some of the biggest matchups uh, that that we'll see before holiday break i'll give you my picks for each one of those games as well but before we do that like i said like i say every time right please uh, if you don't mind subscribe here on YouTube. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, throw us a follow on there. You can rate and review as well. I appreciate any and all kind of feedback here. And you know, if you want to weigh in on anything or voice your opinions and get at me about anything, you know, I'm available on social media as well. So you can get at PD's picks on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook, uh, or even email me at contactpdspicks@gmail.com. at gmail.com. So, now that that's all out of the way, let's talk some hockey. Uh, I tried to squeeze in as many games as I could over the over the week, it bits and pieces here and there. I didn't watch too many games in their entirety. I felt, you know, watching a period, two periods, you got a pretty good feel for how that game uh, was unfolding. And I will say this: so I watched uh, Base City and Gross Point South, which was one of our games of the week last week. I watched that game live. I over to the Bay Reps and Cranbrook. I watched that live, and I gotta say, I'm a big fan of watching games uh, on demand. I like being able to go back, watch a play unfold two or three or four times to see kind of how it broke down or what plays were made to make it happen. Watching those games live, I didn't have that luxury of uh, of being able to go back and, and rewind a little bit, so to speak. So, a uh, couple games. Uh, so in total. What did we have? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I left 12 games uh, to watch last week uh, in, in my games of the week. I went 7-5. and five. You, the public, went 8-4 and four, uh, in your collective picks there on pdspicks.com and on the, on the blog as well. Uh, a couple games I wanted to know. Uh, Grand Rapids Christian Wreaths Puffer. I took GRC. The public was way heavy on GRC, and then the Rockets ended up pulling off uh, the upset there, 6-4. So that's a big win there for Reith's Puffer right out of the gate. Uh, (laughs) I was all in on Livonia United. I still think there's time uh, for them to maybe get right and still be a contender and still have a really good year. We're only a couple games in. I'm not going to write anybody off. Um, But Novi obviously shut me up pretty good there with a 9-1 Victory over Livonia United, and that's kind of what I meant. Is uh, you know, I'd actually heard it was a pretty competitive, close game there for a little for a good stretch, and then Livonia just kind of ran out of gas a little bit down the stretch, and, and it got away from them. So uh, I don't think that's the Red Stallions team we're going to see all season. I don't think that score is going to be indicative of uh, of what the Red Stallions are, and I don't I don't know. We'll see about Novi. Um, you know, could they be kind of that dominant? unsuspecting team there out of the KLAA East. It'll be fun to see there. Uh, and then obviously the, the biggest, biggest matchup, I'm probably eating the most crow over and hap- happy to do it, honestly. Um, saw a bunch of good stuff out of Houghton over the weekend. Two big wins for them, obviously. Uh, big win over Escanaba. These were my two teams in the hunt for um, – For the conference championship there in the Great Lakes Conference Uh, and and Houghton silenced all the doubters myself uh, in the form of an 11 to 1 drubbing there on Friday night uh, to like I said silence me shut me up pretty good ultimately making a statement that uh, that they've not only reloaded but they may be maybe even better than what they were a year uh, a year ago. And I'm going to get into that here in a little bit uh, with the rankings. And we'll talk more uh, on Houghton. But just wanted to obviously give that little shout out there. And, hey, I'm happy to be wrong on some of this stuff. So uh, no issues there. Uh, I will have this week's – oh, I'll get into it in a little bit. But I'll have uh, another slate of games for this week. That blog will go up on the website as well. I'm going to give you my picks here on the podcast. And then you can obviously go to the website after we're done and submit your picks there as well. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, I'm going to get into, I'll shift gears here a little bit. Um, Actually, no, let me talk about some of these games, some of the players I saw. So Bay reps, you know, the usual suspects came to work. You had Thomas Boynton Fisher, Grant Lucas, Coleman, they all factored in big time. Um, Goaltending actually was a little, maybe surprising to me for the Bay reps. I didn't think it was going to be a strength, but uh, I'm blanking on the kid that was in net, but he looked pretty strong, looked pretty good to me. Uh, And especially against some stiff competition there in Cranbrook. And um, so that's a, that's a a good win. And I wrote in the preview last week that it was an opportunity for the Bay reps to really build their resume and get a real quality win there right out of the gate. And they, and they did just that Um, Cranbrook looked good to me too. Uh, let me, there was another, Oh, I watched, uh, I watched parts of Byron center and Livonia Stevenson, uh, Byron center beat them four nothing. I think it was actually probably a lot closer than the score indicated good back and forth. I thought Stevenson played with pace. It didn't feel like Byron center was running away with things. Uh, I thought there was good up and down. It's not like I didn't feel anyways. and, and, what bits I watched that Stevenson spent long stretches in the defensive zone where they were scrambling or chasing their tails or anything like that. Like it felt really competitive and and good back and forth there. Uh, Byron center to me looks kind of scary. They, um, am I getting ahead of myself? I might be, I might need to dial this back here. Uh, Where is no, I guess not. Okay. So Byron center to me, uh, I can dive into the details a little bit there as far as they're concerned. That that was a group that um, is another one who, similar to Houghton, you know, graduated a ton, but maybe could have were a year ago. They looked big to me too on film. Looked like there were some big kids. Uh, and looking at some of the West Side teams I got to look at over the weekend, uh, size is going to be a luxury over there because I didn't see. Um, I didn't see too many east, west side teams with a lot of size, anyone north of 5'10", 5'11", uh, as an example. Um, and BC looked really big to me. They played fast. Froyland looked good. Goaltending looked sharp. Um, so Byron Center, I'm sure I'm going to have a lot more on them uh, as we get going here throughout the season. But I was pleasantly surprised at – I knew they were going to be good, but they even exceeded my expectations there uh, when I got my first look at them this season. So, okay. Uh, let's get into the rankings a little bit. You can check out my rankings on pdspicks.com. Obviously I got, uh, the top 10 rankings, uh, statewide. I don't break it down by division. I do that intentionally. You know, for me, I think the, the divisions in high school hockey are a little arbitrary. Uh, too many times you see division three teams that would thump division one teams or or division two teams that fall to division. Like it's just enrollment is not a very good indicator of, uh, how talented teams have been historically Trenton Hancock Calumet, uh, Forest Hill central, like some of those smaller schools are, are some of the best programs in the state, regardless of enrollment. And then you have other instances where co-ops of four, five, six, seven schools, um, are really struggling. So like I said, I just don't know that, um, ranking teams on a divisional basis serves much value when you're looking at the totality of who the top teams are in the state. So, uh, so that's why I I, I do it that way. I know some other outlets are different. Obviously the MHSAA is different, uh, with the NPR and everything, but I'm just, uh, my, my show, my rules, I guess, this is kind of how we'll roll with that. But, um, so the top 10 rankings are on the website. I also have uh, AAA rankings for the 18U, 16U, 15U, and 14U age levels. I probably do need to touch that up a little bit here. It uh, hasn't been updated in maybe two weeks or so, so I'll, I'll give that a rundown as well. Uh, but all of those rankings available, obviously, on pdspics.com. So, uh, Okay, let's update the rankings here, and we will go with a nice little sp- split screen look here for you. Uh, let me right off the top mention a couple teams um, that I'm that are kind of on the fringe right there in the mix. not quite yet in the top 10 haven't broke through yet, but uh, Bay reps I mentioned them looked really strong against Cranbrook. That's a real solid win for them. East Grand Rapids is another team. Uh, obviously I've talked a lot about what they have coming back from last season. They also added uh, is this first name? I think it's Glenn Green Gordy Green. <laughs> I should have looked this up before I got going here. Uh, uh, Green. Anyways, I'll leave it at that. Let me see if I can pull this up on the fly here. Yeah, all right. Glenn Green. I was right the first time. My bad, buddy. Sorry about that. But Glenn Green, uh, I got to look at him too. He had a fantastic kind of DIY goal <laughs> against Salem there where he weaved his way through a couple defenders uh, and then elevated it up over the goalie shoulder there for a real nice, uh, real nice, like I said, do-it-yourself project there, uh, type of goal for EGR on was that Saturday? Yeah. Um, so he looks to be arguably maybe their best forward, given everything else they had coming back, uh, and and Hoekstra and Millman and a lot of those guys I've mentioned uh, in the last couple weeks. Green might even be the best of the bunch. So uh, pretty exciting there for EGR. I got them right on the fringe. I also got Howell. Uh, in the mix as well. They had a nice win over, I think it was Novi. Um, and so expecting expect to see a lot more out of them here as the season gets going. But, okay, let's see if we can get going here. Okay, so number 10, I got Orchard Lake, St. Mary's. They're down two spots here from last week, but I think a lot of that is they were idle. They, As far as I can tell anyways, didn't play a game last week. So dropping down two spots, it's really more about what some other teams have done. Uh, last week than necessarily what Orchard Lake St. Mary's uh, has or hasn't done. Uh, Number nine, I got GRCC. They're up one spot. Real nice wins over Granville, 4-1, to and then West Ottawa, 5 nothing. That's probably about what I would have had expected. But, again, GRCC, you're out there. You're taking care of business. Um, And, again, I've mentioned some of the talent they have at all three levels. So they keep on this track. They could really continue to climb these rankings. Uh, and move their way up. So uh, number eight, got another west side team here, Byron Center, as I was talking about earlier. They're up five spots. I had them at 13 in my preseason top 25. Very impressive win uh, over Livonia Stevenson. I mentioned just how fast they played, really structured game. Like I was very surprised at how put together they looked this early in the season, right? Sometimes systems, power plays, Four checks, things like like that takes time. I don't care. I don't care how good you are. Some of that stuff takes time to kind of implement and get get your feet underneath you. Byron Center looked to be uh, to be moving right along at, at a mid-season clip there. So uh, number seven. This is uh, I think other than Orchard Lake St. Mary's, my only winless team in the top ten. Uh, so I got Heartland dropping down two spots here to number seven two really tough games. So I kind of, uh, kind of let it slide a little bit, not having a win. Um, and obviously the Eagles are a team that I think is going to get right here anyways, but you know, played a an extremely tough Houghton team and, and seeing what they're about, you know, talking to coach Rick Gadwa, he even said, he's like, I don't think people realize myself included, apparently how good Houghton really is. Uh, they had, Multiple defensemen. Connor Raffelli, obviously, kind of the tip of the spear there. But a bunch of different defensemen there on the back end. A couple of big guys, too. You know, like very much Upper Peninsula type kids. Just big, burly, lumberjack-looking guys who are going to mess you up on the ice. Um, I'm blanking offhand. I know I wrote in my uh, Biggest Takeaways article, I had mentioned a couple of the defensemen I liked there on the back end for Houghton. and then, obviously, the forecheck that just keeps coming at you in waves. So, Heartland had their hands full there uh, on Saturday night. They came back Sunday and played a real tough Hancock team that I think is on uh, on the up-and-up. Tied Hancock. I think that's probably a better tie for Hancock than it is for Heartland, necessarily. Um, I think it just kind of goes to show you what direction Hancock is heading. Uh, but, ultimately, it's it's been a long weekend for Heartland. And, you know, they went all the way out to, I think it was Minnesota for a scrimmage and then came back to the UP and played Houghton on a tough one and then played uh, Hancock there to wrap up the weekend. So it's been a long weekend for Heartland. I'm not necessarily going to hold it against them too much that they went, you know, 0-1-1 on the weekend. I think that's actually, you're you're probably pretty happy with that uh, after the way things went down with it being such a long road trip and everything. So I got Heartland at number seven. Number six. Got U of D. This is a little tricky one for me, and there's another team coming up here that's a little tricky too. Um, U of D obviously playing out of state opponents. There they played Saint Ignatius, kind of on a back to back. They played a pair of games, split that pair of games with Saint Ignatius. I want to say, what did I see? Did they win like a seven to six kind of high scoring, high flying offensive type game? uh in overtime or a shoot I forget what it was but it, it was it was a high scoring game nonetheless I think that bodes well for the offense uh proves out that you know Carter K Tommy Angel uh some of the characters they have on offense are, are absolutely able to produce uh defensively maybe we got to tighten some things up and and kind of get right there defensively but ultimately St Ignatius is is a hell of a team too uh let's not let's not overlook that it's not like they gave up uh Not like they gave up six goals to my flying fish men's league team. So, uh, okay, we'll move here. Number five, I got Brother Rice. They're up two spots, probably could have been up even higher given their two wins. Two impressive wins, I think, uh, beating two teams I had in the preseason top 25 and doing so, scoring 10 goals in those two games. You know, I I think uh, Brother Rice's leadership group talked pretty openly. At MiHL Media Day, about not necessarily that scoring was going to be an issue, but that even they recognized they were going to have to win games in, in a different style than they had grown accustomed to the last couple seasons. And with that, I think even they expected more low scoring. They're going to have to grind out some grind out some three to one wins, three to two type wins. And here they are scoring ten goals in two games. You know, Roman Valaire uh, had a big night. Uh, was it Saturday? Um, I think he had, you know, what was it? Two goals and an assist or two goals and three assists. I forget what it was, uh, specifically, but I know he had a big night and then, uh, obviously they still got some other hitters there too. So, uh, brother rice at number five and really can, could be much higher on this, uh, Clarkston. I got at number four. They had a really big win, uh, over Flint powers, two to one. That was one I kind of had circled on the calendar last week as well. They are down a spot here, but again, Similar to Orchard Lake, I think it's because of what some other teams are doing or have done, not necessarily uh, uh, anything Clarkston could have controlled here. But the 2-1 win over Powers was big. Then another win I'm blanking offhand. Uh, But nonetheless, 2-0 to to start the season, and they'll have a couple tough matchups coming up too. They're a part of the uh, holiday Great Lakes Invitational Light um, here in Heartlands so you got Heartland Brighton Forest Hill Central and Clarkston your four teams in that high school version of the Great Lakes Invitational here and gonna have some real quality matchups tough competition coming your way uh, Friday Saturday between those four teams so Clarkston's gonna have their hands full coming up right out of the gate uh, and then number three I'll give credit where credit's due and Damn, Houghton looked good. So uh, I got them up quite a few spots here. What is it? I got them up three spots, uh, and that's kind of what I meant was Houghton just uh, maybe did a little bit more than some other teams here to creep their way up as high as number three with, I think, probably two pretty obvious subjects here at at two and one. Brighton and CC, it's probably going to stay that way for a little while. Like I said, Like I've been saying about CC, until someone proves otherwise, there's no reason for them not to be at the top of this list. Until someone proves otherwise with Brighton, I don't see them falling out of that two spot either. So uh, for Houghton, for me to slide the Gremlins all the way up to three, uh, I think that's pretty impressive there. So uh, I think you have it here. Here's your top ten. I'll have a little bit more here uh, on the website as well, pdspicks.com. Be sure to check it out. Uh, and I'll have more breakdown on all these teams, plus a whole bunch more coming your way. So uh, that wraps up the rankings. Let me pop back here. Here we go. What did I have on the slate here next? Um, all right. So before I get into... This week's slate of games, I got, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight tilts coming your way, all from Wednesday night. We're going to dub it Wednesday night rivalry here on Thanksgiving Eve. Before I get into any of those matchups, though, uh, as I mentioned, I'll have this blog posted on PDspicks.com with even more analysis than what I'm providing here on the podcast. Um, and just like last week, you'll be able to submit your picks on each one of these upcoming games as well. So be sure to get in on the action there at pdspicks.com and don't drag your feet either because I'm posting this here on Tuesday. Games start up on Wednesday. So don't drag your feet. If you want to get in the mix, go to the site now and and get involved. So uh, we'll bounce back here. Let me pull up, pull this back up and we'll get into some matchups here. Uh, Right out of the gate, so some of these matchups too, I'm sure I'm missing some key rivalry matchups. And if I am all apologies, DMs are open, shoot me a message and let me know uh, maybe any rivalries that I've missed here. Uh, not just on rivalry Wednesday on Thanksgiving Eve, but throughout the season, be sure to, to shoot me a message, let me know and and we can have it on the radar here moving forward. But Right out of the gate here, Portage, Madawan. I'm told this is a big rivalry. Maybe even the biggest rivalry in the South, South Central, Southeast South. <laughs> Let me try that again. Maybe the biggest rivalry in the South Central Hockey League. There we go. All right, that was way better. Um, I'm not 100 sure why it's a big rivalry. I'm not too dialed in with some of this, uh, you know, Southwest Michigan. Rivalries, be it football, basketball, whatever. So, I will need some educating on this particular rivalry and tell me why. But, um, Matawan has played a Portage school prior to Thanksgiving going back the last few years. Uh, you know, I want to say it was Portage Northern before Northern and Central merged and for, formed the Portage Muskies. Uh, they co opt back in 2020 and since that co op, Portage and Madawan have met on the day before Thanksgiving every year since then. So Madawan, as far as I could go back on the High School Hockey Hub, holds a 6-2-0 lead in this uh, in this series, uh, and they've also won the last two particular matchups that came on Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, not only that, but uh, the Wildcats ended the Muskies' season in the Division II regional championship last winter, so you know there's going to be a ton of bad blood here uh, when the people across from you are the ones responsible for ending your season less than eight months ago? Seven? Math isn't my strong suit. Um, so there's a lot on the line here. Madawan comes into this matchup 0-1. They dropped a tough one last week, that I probably would have expected them to win against, uh, I think, West Ottawa offhand. Uh, they lost 4-3 to they got to get their offense going a little bit, I think, see if my guy Braden Lewis can get loose. Portage on the other side, you know, they're feeling pretty good, I think, after an opening night 4-1 to win at Jackson. Optimist Ice Arena is not an easy place to win, so for Portage to go in there and come out uh, unscathed is, is pretty big. Caden Stasianko with a three-point performance that night. I think this game could be a bit of a chess match. You know, each team trying to exploit matches, matchups, get the respective go-to guys. Lewis on one side, Yanko on the other. Uh, each coach trying to get their guy loose, find find certain spots to get him involved in. You try to exploit those line matchups. So you top line against their third line, things like that. Um, home team certainly has an advantage when it comes to that regard, being able to have last change and things like that. My I got a tough time with this particular matchup because my heart says Madouan, my head says Portage. I'm gonna go with the Muskies in this matchup to get the W there, but I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a real good matchup. I hear they pack Wings West with fans for this rivalry, and, and it's a pretty wild environment. So uh keep an eye out for that one there. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Wow, it's coming up quick. Uh, Next matchup here, De La Salle-Utica-Eisenhower, 7.30 at Suburban Ice-Macomb. This is another not-so-rivalry rivalry, rivalry in my opinion. Again, I'm not uh, not out that way. So, so again, someone's going to have to kind of educate me on this particular rivalry. Stems from football. It's typically where it comes from. Uh, But these two teams have played every Thanksgiving Eve, going as far back as the hub history goes. Uh, Ten meetings dating back to 2012, and it's an even, this was kind of surprising, even 5-5 series split. Uh, De La Salle has been victorious in three of the last four, including a 7-1 drubbing of these guys back in 2021. Uh, that was the largest margin of victory in this series on record. Uh, other than that game, though, very competitive series. You know, I mentioned five, You know, five wins apiece. Ike with maybe two surprising results last week with a 2-2 tie to Blake and, and then a 5-4 OT win over Stony Creek. But Stony Creek is a real good team. Uh, and so a, a win there says a lot to me anyways. But, you know, they come into this matchup feeling probably pretty good about, about themselves after Sawyer Hotchkiss' game-winning goal there in that OT thriller. Senior forward Dominic Reggio is a guy I've had on my radar there for a little while too. He had a huge night. Uh, three points in that game as well. Uh, and i got to be honest with you, I kind of spaced on who I even picked. Who would I take here? All right, yeah. I'll roll with the Eagles. Let's go, Ike. Uh, I do think, I will say this, I think De La Salle is, is, I don't want to say down, but maybe a little vulnerable. I think there's an opportunity here uh, for Ike to capitalize, right? Strike while the iron is hot. They're coming in, like I said, off of a pretty emotional win there over Stony Creek. Maybe they keep it rolling, they keep that momentum going, and and they snowball one victory into two there. So uh, another big rivalry Wednesday here coming up. A rivalry I've been a part of the last three years. I've lived it, got to experience it. Uh Celine takes on Ann Arbor Pioneer. These two teams again have played Thanksgiving Eve for as far back as I can go. Uh it's it's a tough one whenever you have two teams who share the same rink and compete for literal space and ice time and home and away benches, all that good stuff. It always makes for uh, exciting and and very personal rivalries. And then obviously, uh, what did I write? I think I wrote on the blog on pdspicks.com, like, I don't like them and they don't like me. And it's just a very obvious, uh, tense rivalry. Celine has dominated this series in the last couple um, meetings. Let me think here. Uh, I was missing something here. I just wanted to make sure I got it. But uh, Celine has outscored Pioneer 19 to nothing, uh, mercying in both of their matchups last season. A lot of those same characters that were responsible for those W's are back. For Celine, Tyler Schroeder and net, Mateo Ida Blake Wadrell, Aiden Rumor, Luke Kelly. Those are all guys who were a part of those results last season. They're back again. So I think the knee-jerk reaction is why would the results be much different? Well, I think Pioneer is coming back and uh, better and making some improvements over this offseason. You know, I said uh, – I was talking with – is that on social media? Or, I can't remember. But I was talking to somebody about – how the SEC is better when the Ann Arbor schools are better. And Pioneer had a tough time last season. Skyline had a tough time last season. Uh, Huron has kind of been building the last couple seasons, but none of those three had really kind of been in the hunt uh, for a conference championship, for a division championship. And I think you're starting to see some of those gears start to turn. I've talked glowingly about Graham Newton at Skyline. I think he puts them – uh, on the right track, pioneers bringing in some new pieces as well, so Pioneer is starting to move in the right direction. Ann Arbor Huron, I've talked about Carson Kacharski too, so I think after a couple down years in general of Ann Arbor schools hockey, it's starting to come back a little bit this season. Uh, I don't see Celine mercying Pioneer for a third straight time. I think this could actually be pretty competitive. Max Kamutin had a five had five goals already this season. Anthony Yang has a pair as well. So they're starting to generate some offense. I want to say they're three and zero already on the season, even though we're we're a week in. Um, so they've gotten some wins. There's a little momentum. There's a little confidence there coming into this rivalry matchup, and definitely an attitude after uh, after a couple straight losses there to Celine. Pioneer's going to come into this matchup angry, emotional. Uh, Celine, there's a chance you could be overlooking them and looking past them to down the road. So I think Pioneer could be in a position where they um, they get the jump on you early and they're out to a one one nothing lead or they they surprise you with a 2 nothing lead at the end of one or something like that. But ultimately, uh, I am taking the Hornets here to keep that streak going and extend it to, I believe, four consecutive wins over Pioneer. But I do think, like I said, this game is going to be closer than it has in recent matchups. I'm feeling like a 5-2 finish here maybe. But Pioneer, like I said, could jump out to an early lead, could even have the lead at the end of one. And then Celine kind of knocks off the rust and and gets going uh, in the right direction there. So uh, next matchup here. Oh, I skipped this. I'm out of uh, I'm out of order here. I had a different matchup on my notes here. Uh, Okay, Plymouth Canton, very unique rivalry. People outside of Southeast Michigan, I'm not sure you're aware of this rivalry and what the Plymouths, Canton, Salem schools setup is like. It is wild and fascinating. Uh, You literally have three full-size high schools on the same city block. Their campus intertwines. You go from building to building like it's a college campus. You could have first hour in Canton High School, second hour in Plymouth High School, and third hour in Salem High School. And I may be exaggerating. Some people actually in those schools may call me out on that. But that's kind of been my understanding is I could be a Plymouth Student and play for Plymouth athletic teams, but have none of my classes actually in the Plymouth High School. Uh, call, feel like I said, feel free to call me out on any of that if that's incorrect. But that's been my understanding over the last couple of years. You could literally be in—I wrote—you could be in third hour chem class, sitting next to a kid you're going to play against later that night, and I think that's even the case here with Plymouth and Canton, where you could literally. Uh, have your opponents sitting on the opposite side of the aisle in a, in a desk right next to you in class. And then you're pl- playing opposite each other there uh, on the faceoff dot. So pretty unique and wild rivalry the way this is set up. And obviously Salem factors into this little trio uh, as well. However, the Plymouth and Canton matchup falls on Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, let me see if I can find some notes on it. There has been stretches, and I think that this season is one of them. These two teams are only set to meet once this year. Um, so with that comes a lot of bragging rights. You hold those rights for 365 days until you guys play again next Thanksgiving Eve. So there's a lot on the line here. Canton comes in 0-2. Plymouth, meanwhile, got a big 2-1 to win. Gutty, gutsy 2-1 to win there over Celine. I think the Chiefs show up much better than um, – than the eight to nothing result we saw in this matchup last season, but Plymouth, I still like them to stay on top in this series. Uh, the series overall favors them fifteen to three uh, over the past eleven seasons uh, between these two teams. So I do like Plymouth to get the win here, but I do think it's it's closer than uh, some others may think here, and Canton could contend. Similar to. Uh, what I could see out of Pioneer and Celine, I think you could see that replicated here between Canton and Plymouth. Uh, another, One more KLAA matchup for you here. There's a lot going on here in the KLAA, especially on Wednesday. Uh, Novine-Northville, this particular rivalry, I think if you're anywhere in the state, you know the tensions are are high between these two teams just given their geographical locations. Not to mention, again, they both play out of the same rink. Um, And I I did mention, uh, not only do they play out of the same rink, their locker rooms are literally side by side. You got Mustangs, you got Wildcats. I think these guys are dogs. They're dogs on both sides trying to claim their territory there in the ice rink at at Novi Ice Arena. So I think it's going to be super intense there, Thanksgiving Eve. Northville, you know how I feel about Northville. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've talked about some of the pieces they have already in place, plus the new guys coming into the program, the job Ryan Osmacher has done there in 16 months, 14 months. It's been a very quick turnaround. Uh, but nonetheless, and then Nova obviously, I highlighted their big win uh, late last week as well. Uh, let me see here. There was something I wanted to mention. Northville won the Thanksgiving Eve matchup. Five times in a row in this series. Novi evened the se- season series with a 4-1 to win last February. Okay, so 22-23 season. They split one win apiece. Since then, since 2018, it's been dead even in this series, though. So it's one that's constantly gone back and forth. Um, and really, what was I? I hate when I lose my place like this. Oh, it drives me nuts. Uh Okay, so 21 games on record on the hub. I'll just kind of start with a clean slate here. 21 games on the hub. I think that's the most out of any of the rivalries I'm highlighting here today. Six of those games have been decided by one goal. Seven of those games have been decided by two goals. And five of those games have been decided by three goals. So you're looking at 16 of the 21 matchups going back the last decade. Being very close and contended games here, regardless of what team's records are coming into it, regardless of previous matchups, whatever it may be. uh, This particular game, this particular matchup tends to be a tight one between Novi and Northville. However, I just I know I got burned last week picking against Novi. they may very well burn me again, but I'm going to go with my Mustangs here to get a win. I think it's going to be ugly. It's probably like a 2 to 1 type game, 3 to 2, something low scoring. Uh but ultimately like I said, if Nova if Northville is going to have the season I kind of expect them to. This is a game. This is a game they got to have. So, uh getting into again, I'm out of order on my sheets. All right, I got to bounce around here a little bit. Uh this is an, again, another not so rivalry rivalry I don't know how I'd describe this because these two teams aren't in the same conference. They don't share a school district or a border or, you know, they're not even in the same county. So it's a very unusual rivalry. But if you look at kind of the history or the origins between Brighton and Orchard Lake St. Mary's, you'll find a pretty intense uh, a lot on the line in these particular matchups. These two teams eliminated the other from the Division One state playoffs four years in a row between 2016 and 2019. So you can imagine tensions have been kind of high in, in this particular meeting for the last couple years. They have played, and I, again, it's another kind of origins. I'd like to. I need a historian who goes farther back than I do. Tell me when this particular meeting between Brighton and Orchard Lake got slotted in there on Thanksgiving Eve, because it goes all the way through the history of uh, the high school hockey hub. And with the exception of the 2020-2021 COVID-shortened season, these two teams have played every Thanksgiving Eve. Um, 11 of the last 12 meetings have been decided by two goals or fewer. And Orchard Lake St. Mary's has won three of the last four matchups, despite the series being deadlocked at seven wins apiece. So again, you've got another one here that's super competitive, super close, uh, and could really tip the scales in either direction. Uh we're also well I've been hyping up Will Keen pretty good. I know some other people have been hyping him up to me as well. Um and I think we're gonna see what he's made out of real quick, right out of the gate here. Uh Eaglets, as far as I can tell, like I said, they're might, maybe there was some missing information there on the hub but uh idle last week didn't play a game so when they take to the ice against Brighton on Wednesday it will be their first action of the season uh i'm ex- i'd probably expect to see will keen but i guess it could be just about you know it could be someone else too i'd hate to i'd hate to assume who coaches are going to start in certain spots that's probably a little irresponsible of me maybe i need to back off that hill um but ultimately, it's going to be a test defensively regardless for Orchard Lake, St. Mary's. Brighton's offense was buzzing pretty good against Detroit Country Day. Cam Duffney, Lane Pettit, the usual suspects, right? But then even senior Merrick Lent, he's a big-bodied forward. Uh, he chipped in two goals. So this team has a bunch of weapons. Charlie Birchfield uh cider like they've got a lot of guys who can contribute offensively you're seeing Lent get involved as well uh last week so if they could they have all these different um guys who can contribute offensively and score in a variety of ways you've got the high skill guy and duffney you've got the grinder big body guys and birchfield and Lent like it's gonna be tough they can score pretty they can score ugly um but also, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Orchard Lake St. Mary's, uh, assuming Keane and net, but then also Kyle Kafka up front, uh, Dugan Kreetu, Julian Johnston is another for, forward up front I like. Can they make things interesting offensively? Uh, and I don't, I don't think you want to get in a track meet with them, but if Keane can keep this a low-scoring game, it gives you a chance. Can those, that forward group up front for Orchard Lake capitalize on a couple opportunities and keep things close? Uh, Ultimately though here, (coughs) uh, ultimately going with the Bulldogs here, like I said, until they're kind of starting to be in that similar vein as Detroit Catholic Central, until someone can prove me otherwise, uh, I like Brighton here in this spot against Orchard Lake St. Mary's on Thanksgiving Eve. And then we we got the matchup of the team up north taking on those guys over there. Uh, this one, this rivalry took out a lot of legs for me personally, uh, at OAA media day. I, I mentioned in the blog on pdspicks.com Vaughn Putz, I asked him, um, what game, what day did he have circled on his calendar? And he, uh, and he kind of looked and he said, November 22nd, when we play those guys over there. And he pointed at, uh, our U's direction. Uh, So I think there's some bad blood here. I think it's a little intense rivalry. Uh, I'm actually excited to kind of follow along and and peek in and see what happens here in the Battle of Rochester. Uh, He sounded a little, Vaughn was a little salty maybe uh, about this particular matchup and probably for good reason. Uh, RU is 8-1-1 in the last 10 meetings. So it's a rivalry game with a rivalry trophy, I'm told. I'd like to get eyes on that. Somebody get, get me a picture of that rivalry trophy. Um, so these two teams going head-to-head. RU holds that 8-1-1 one, and one advantage over the last 10 meetings. So that trophy has kind of resided uh, with RU there for quite some time. Uh, they are set to meet one more time in February. But obviously this one is the most important one because it's the next one. So uh, the Cougars want this one bad, and I think they just might get it. You know, I've talked glowingly about Carson Kajigal. Uh Defenseman Tyler Burns currently leads the team in scoring with six points. I know it's early. You know, they're only two games into the season. But still, if you're getting that kind of production out of a guy on the back end, that says a lot about Burns. Uh, Christian Goichai is another sneaky good forward there. He's got a ton of talent. Haven't gotten the opportunity to talk much about him yet leading up to this season. Uh, In total, they got eight different goal scorers from last week, which I think says a lot just about their depth and ability to threaten from multiple layers of their offensive attack there. RU has had the obvious edge in net maybe. Um, uh, Even – oh, okay, sorry. I'm trying to read and talk at the same time. let me let me see if I can walk this back here a little bit. Uh, are you with a bit of an edge there in goal may help even out this matchup? That's what I was trying to say. Um, but ultimately, I think Stony Creek's offense breaks through, gets it done. I'm gonna go with the Cougars beating those guys over there uh, in a big rivalry matchup there Wednesday night. And finally, We get into, I don't know that it's even arguably, I think it's pretty clear cut that this is the biggest rivalry in Michigan high school hockey whenever Detroit Catholic Central and Brother Rice take to the ice. This is the granddaddy of them all uh, in Michigan high school hockey. Albeit, it hasn't really been much of a rivalry in recent memory. And I I say that because CC has won seven of the last nine meetings. and they're meeting the night before Thanksgiving. Goes as far back again. This is another one that goes as far back as I could find. I know there's historians out there. Both these programs, uh, very steeped in history with a long track record of success. I'd be curious to to peek at those records and see how far how far back the Thanksgiving Eve matchup goes. That would be a fun uh, little deep dive. Uh, it's an important one though. This matchup is is really important because. The winner of the Thanksgiving Eve matchup has gone on to win the rematch later on in the season, and these two teams do meet, I believe, in January. Um, Excluding the 2021 COVID-shortened season, the winner of this matchup has gone on to win the rematch each of the last three seasons, and that includes, um, was it 2020? uh, 2019-2020. CC and their two games, uh, in, in their two regular season games. Uh, uh, also, I don't know. This is probably another deep dive I'd have to do. How many times the division, the defending Division One state champion took on the defending Division Two state champion? Uh, that's now happened between these two teams: CC, your Division One state champ, Rice, your Division Two state champ. This will be the third time that such a meeting has happened, uh, and I believe both of those prior matchups went in favor of CC. Um, I do think that's probably the narrative here yet again. Uh, you'd be f- foolish, I think, to pick against CC at this point. Uh, I do think Turner England in goal gives the uh, gives the Warriors a chance uh, if this is a low scoring game. You know, if this is a if this is a two-to-one game, I could see Wright potentially stealing here. But uh, I don't know that you can hold CC's offense to two goals, even with a guy like Turner England between the pipes. Um, so it feels kind of like a 4-2 game. I think it could be close, like three-to-two, and then you're you're hitting an empty netter there. But ultimately, you know, I'm, I'm going with the Shamrocks there as, uh, I don't want to say an obvious pick, but um, my pick to win there, the Biggest rivalry in Michigan high school hockey. I think the Shamrocks stay on top in that series as they continue to stay on top of Michigan high school hockey as a whole there. So, uh, okay. So I've given you a, a recap of last week. I've updated my uh, state rankings for you. We've run down a bunch of big rivalry matchups set for tomorrow. Uh, be sure to. If you've made it this far, especially, subscribe to the YouTube channel because we're only going to continue to do more cool shit like this. So get involved. Be a part of that as well. Um, Check out the website, pdspicks.com, where you can find this, the podcast, blogs, rankings, and so much more. Uh, I got player profile pages coming your way shortly as well. Uh, As soon as those get out or as soon as I can publish those and put a bow on that, I will announce that on social media, so be sure to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well. That will be player profiles and all the scouting notes that I have for every player in my top 100 names to know list that went out last week. Plus, every player I watch throughout the season that I have notes on will also get a player profile page with my game notes uh, accessible to anyone and everyone. So all of that will be available on the website as well. So I got to think here, where am I going to be this weekend? I don't know that I'm going to be on site for any of these rivalry games. However, uh, I do have plans to take in a couple games over the holiday weekend. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State being one of them. But also I'm kind of eyeing that uh, great late four-team tournament that's going on in Heartland. That'll be a fun one. So uh, okay, a lot going on. Follow me, connect with me on social, check out the website, like and subscribe. Until now, skate hard, have fun. I'll see you guys.